Welcome to the Jesus Image Podcast. I have had this message on my heart for a while, and I was going to preach last Sunday night, and um, Michael really felt like God had something different. And so what I want to share about this morning is the fear of the Lord. I really feel like it's time that the fear of God comes back to the church. Um, Man, it's like we've lost that. Maybe I grew up different than a lot of you, but I was taught to, to fear the Lord. I was taught to honor his servants. I was taught to walk in a holy fear that wasn't scary, but I was very aware that I did not want to displease the Lord. I was very aware of the cost of losing him, what it, what it meant for people. I saw people that walked in the fear of the Lord, and I saw people that did not walk in the fear of the Lord. And I can tell you, the ones that are still standing walked in the fear of the Lord. It's just true. Um, I remember meeting with Dr. Roberts, Oral Roberts as a kid. I mean, I met him many times um, in my childhood, but I remember when you would get near him, you would feel the fear of God on that man. You would feel, I don't know how else to explain it. There's, there's many people that I would be around that I can go, that's a friend of the Lord. But when I would get around Oral Roberts, I would start shaking, even as a 12-year-old, 11-year-old girl, just knowing, okay, this man fears God. I didn't even understand these things in the spirit at that age. I was so young, but I was so aware he carries something. And, and what I believe, that was the fear of God. And when people walk in the fear of the Lord, it's tangible. You can feel it. You know it. That doesn't mean that they're perfect, but you go, these people fear God. And I feel like if we're going to go where God is trying to take us as a church, as a church at large, we're going to have to walk in the fear of the Lord again. This is not taboo and this is not control. I'll say that again. This is not control. To follow the Lord's words is to love him. To fear him is to obey him. To obey him is to know him. And I don't want to serve a God that I don't fear. That would make him my friend. And yes, he is my friend, the Bible says, but he is also our Lord. And I want to have this reverence back in the church again. Amen? I feel like it's needed. Something that we always get told here is there's an elegance about how you guys do things. And I thought, what, I thought to myself, what does that mean? That's the reverence of fearing God. You, you can taste it. You can sense it when you walk into a room. It's, it's, there's an elegance. Uh, Catherine Kuhlman and so many others walked in that, and that's because they feared the Lord. So let's go to the scripture. Let's go to Exodus 20, 18 through 20. It says, When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, And when they saw the flashes of lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance, trembling with fear, and they said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but don't let God speak directly to us or we will die. Don't be afraid, Moses answered them, for God has come in this way to test you. Did you hear this? To test you. And so that you will fear him and that will keep you from sinning. Fear of God will keep you from sinning. If you're living still in sin that just keeps going and going, you want to get free and you're going, why can't I get free? Well, a few things. Lack of fellowship with Jesus. It's an intimacy issue. 
You're trying to fill that void in your heart with other things, fake intimacy, fake satisfaction, and you're filling it with those things because you feel like that's gonna satisfy your heart, but you can get that filled in Jesus and Jesus alone. Everything else is counterfeit. It's, it's only temporary satisfaction. It's not gonna fill that void in your heart. The other thing I would say, it's a, it's a fear of the Lord issue. Because when you're aware of Jesus, when you're aware of the Holy Spirit, you can't even watch the things you used to watch. You can't talk the way you used to talk. You can't even think the things you used to think without getting that conviction of the Holy Spirit that goes, don't think that, Jess. Don't say that, Jess. And all the time we go, oh, that must mean like horrible things. No, it's gossip. It's slander. It's anger. It's pride. It's so many things. It's all of those things. So at times we get prideful and we go, well, that's, this is not for me. Church, this is for all of us today. We all need to return to the fear of God. Fear of the Lord will keep you stable. It will keep you firmly planted. Let me say it as well like this. Fear of the Lord will keep you protected in your perfect destiny. I have yet to see someone forfeit their destiny that, does, that walks in fear of the Lord. You're too aware of him to screw it up. And you don't want to be bound and be like, oh, I can't go here, fear the Lord. No, no, no. Like, let's not get religious and weird. But what I'm saying is, because some people do that, too, like, I can't go to the gas station because I fear the Lord today. Am I allowed? Yeah, yeah, calm down. It's okay. I have to, we have first years here now, so we have to <laughs> explain these things sometimes. They're like, can I go to the, to the, to the nursing home this week? I, I, no, yes, yes, it's okay. Um, but you have to be aware, so connected to him that you're like, I don't want to forfeit my destiny. There's protection in submission. There's protection in going to your leaders and asking them, what is God saying? There's protection in, of course, go to Jesus before you ever go to a leader, of course. But the Bible says wisdom is in the counsel of many. Michael and I have never, ever in our life done anything without, number one, going to the Lord and seeking him first. And number two, going to people that we have submitted our life to, to go, this is what God is telling us. What do you feel about this? Because we know there's protection. And when you walk like that in Jesus, you really are walking in fear of the Lord because you understand if I miss this, if I miss the wind here, if I miss this moment that's passing me by, I might never get a moment like this again. But what happens is we let pride and we let our own ambition get in the way and then we, we become our judge and we don't let the Lord direct our path. And fear of the Lord protects us from that. Protects us from that. It does. I, I, I wish I could explain it in more depth this morning because I've just seen so many people lose this healthy, beautiful fear of the Lord because it's called religious and controlling. I don't want to follow a God that doesn't tell me what to do. That's a very scary thought. Jessica, without God, is nuts. She's crazy. She doesn't know what to do. Jessica in Jesus is safe. There's a foundation there. So back to what we were just reading, fear of the Lord will keep you from sinning. It's hard to watch pornography when you're aware that Jesus is in the room. It's hard to commit adultery when you're aware that that will grieve his heart. 
Of course, your spouse will be grieved too, but when it becomes deeper than that, the Bible says a threefold cord cannot be broken. When you're aware that your marriage is not just between you and your spouse, it's actually the Holy Spirit is the one that holds it together. The Lord is the one. You think twice about these things because you're aware, if I do this, not only can I mess it up for everybody, but Lord, it's going to remove me from your fellowship, and I fear you too much to walk in sin this way. It's holy. It's a beautiful relationship. It's not bad. It's the foundation of who we are and what we need in the church. Amen? I wish people understood how holy the Lord is. We just got a taste of it this morning, even for a second when the instruments took over. When you have these moments, you're so aware, Jesus, who am I and who is my Father's house, like we always say? Who am I that I even get to be in the room? He is holy, my friends. Jesus is holy. He is the Lamb of God. He was slain before the foundations of the earth. He is the ruler and king over everything, and he wants to be in your life. When you think of that for a moment, he wants to actually direct your steps. The king of the universe wants to be in control of your life, and we as a church have to let him in. Amen? And like we just read, don't think he won't test you to see if you fear the Lord. He does it to us all the time here at church. Little things. Like even a couple months ago, now the balcony's been full, but before it wasn't, we would have to kind of get counts sometimes. Like, okay, when do we need to start filling the balcony? When do we put more people down here? It was, it was new, this building for us. We were learning it. And sometimes people show up and sometimes they don't. It's really been fun for our team. And I remember one time I said to Michelle and Carla, I said, maybe we need to start counting so we know when to take people up to the balcony. And they both looked at me. They're like, oh no, oh no, Jessica. We told Pastor Michael we would never count in this service. And I loved that they said that to me because I realized it got on them. It got on our team. They understand here I was just, I wasn't doing it with the wrong heart. God knows I wasn't. But I just thought just practically it made sense. And our team was like, no, no, there were certain non-negotiables that the Lord told us when we built this house. There were certain things that the Holy Spirit told Michael and, and us not to do here. And that was one of them. And I love that. I thought, okay, this is a team that fears the Lord. I can trust a team like this. I can trust a team that wasn't, if they were so honoring to me, of course, but they weren't afraid to tell their leader, no, Jess, we need to really think twice about that. That makes me feel safe. That actually makes me feel honored, that they honored what God has spoken to the, this house, that they feared the Lord over my directive. It's beautiful. So if we truly feared him, we would think twice before we act so foolish. We would think before we do something suddenly and hastily. We would think and weigh every decision we make in Jesus because we understand the littlest glance, the littlest turn to the wrong direction, the littlest offense, whatever it is, can come in and actually derail us from our destiny. I see it all the time. Go to Psalm 25, 12 through 15. It says, who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. They will live in prosperity and their children will inherit the land. The Lord is a friend to those who fear him. He teaches them his covenant. My eyes are always on the Lord for he rescues me from the trap of my enemies. 
You want to be a friend of God? Fear him. Let the fear of God direct your steps like we just spoke about. It's when we take our eyes off of him that we fall into these traps. It's when we take our eyes off of Jesus, off of the cross, off of who he is, that we start to get in the way of who he's called us to be. There is constantly going to be a war. Listen to this, I promise you. There is always going to be war for your attention. You get to choose where you give it. Am I giving it to Jesus? Am I giving it to the devil? And you might not think it's the devil. Say, oh, Jess, that's not evil. No, no, no. Anytime we get in the way, when self gets in the way, it's taking attention from Jesus. There's safety in his leading. We could have gone so much faster here. I think we've shared this before. Maybe I know there's a lot of new faces. But at Jesus' image, there was so many offers to start writing years ago to start doing things years ago, to even have a church or other things years ago. And Michael and I learned from, of course, the word of God, but having people in our life from like Joy Dawson, who was, <laughs> I feel like the mother of this message to us, um, we learned not to rush too fast because we understood if we get ahead of God, we're gonna blow it. We're gonna miss it. And the opportunity was there. Many, many opportunities from very well-known people were there just dangling in front of us saying, go this way, come on, catch up. You have influence now. You can do this, 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 this. But the fear of the Lord kept me and Michael walking on a steady path. It was the fear of God that helped us go, no, no, no. God's timing is everything. I don't care if this could bring more notoriety to our church or our ministry or bring more notice to our name. There's protection. I want the longevity of following Jesus. I don't want to just go like this and then crash down. No, 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 no. I, take me the steady walk, Lord. I want to go the steady, slow pace. There's protection in that. I don't want to get ahead of God because once you get ahead of him, you get ahead of him. And he's so holy. The Holy Spirit is so tender, so loving, so, so elegant that he is not going to rush ahead of you if you are completely neglecting him and taking a step forth. We always ask ourselves, what is God saying? Every single time a door gets opened, every single time we feel him leading some, something to us. Even with the pastor's conference last year, we said, Lord, what are you saying? Is this you? And he confirmed it time and time and time again. That's a healthy way to follow Jesus. Go to Psalm 31, 18 through 20. I'm going to go through the scriptures a little quick this morning because I want to have time for communion. Psalm 31, 18 through 20. It says, silence their lying lips, those proud and arrogant lips, lips that accuse the godly. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection blessing them before the watching world. You hide them in the shelter of your presence, safe from those who conspire against them. You shelter them in your presence, far from accusing tongues. There's just a couple things I want to hit on with this. If you feel like you are walking through the gateway of hell, fear the Lord. He will protect you. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He protects you from the voice of the accuser. And you might go, oh, that's people. No, no, the devil is the voice of the accuser. People just partner with that sometimes. 
but there's protection. When you fear him and you walk in his ways, he shelters you, he keeps you. There is a, like a covering around you that goes, you can't get in here. It doesn't mean it won't happen. It doesn't mean that those darts won't be thrown. It doesn't mean that you're not gonna walk through seasons of deep, deep lows. But what it does mean is there's going to be shelter from that. It's not going to penetrate in here. The Lord promises, this is his word, and we we trust his word to be true. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. There are good days for those who fear the Lord. He stores it up. He's aware that you fear him. Again, he says, trusted friend, they fear me. To fear him is to obey him. This, has, this is not an offering message, but I will say this too. If you don't tithe, you don't fear the Lord. You don't, because how could you when his word says to do it? And people go, oh, that's old covenant. Well, the Jesus I know took things a little deeper. <laughs> you sin, if you look at a woman before, if you had to, you to commit the act of adultery. Now, if you look, you've done it. So to me, Jesus is, he's only asked us to go deeper. And it is in the new covenant. But this is all how we live our life, how we, how we do our marriage, how we are with our children, how we, what we do when no one's looking. That is a, when we are aware of Jesus in those moments, that's a heart that fears him. And he will protect you. Fear God, not man. His protection is your promise if you fear him. He will silence the voice of the accuser on your behalf. That means that you don't have to do anything. That means that you just get to rest in him. Does that mean it's easy? Absolutely not. It's incredibly painful. But that means that you get to rest in Jesus and he will act on your behalf because you're one that fears him. And if you attack others, that's not walking in fear of the Lord. That's against what the Bible teaches. The Bible said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and then to love each other. So we have to be so careful what we say how we say it, the heart behind it. But the beautiful thing in Jesus is there's, there's restoration for those who repent. I had a really quick tongue, Michael can tell you. I was very quick to accuse, very quick to, to judge, very quick to, to insult. Like I could throw an insult like nobody's business. I could kill with my words if I wanted to. Cut deep. And when I started walking with Jesus, I learned what I say, when I'm living in him, he's walking with me. When I say things as his servant, it affects my walk with him. It affects my fellowship with him. It will affect the Holy Spirit walking closely with me. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I'd rather just trust Jesus. So you either fear two things, God or people. I choose to fear the Lord. Go to Psalm 36, one through three. It says, sin whispers to the wicked, deep within their hearts. They have no fear of God at all. In their blind conceit, they cannot see how wicked they really are. Did you hear that? They can't even see it. You become so blind to how you've become that you don't even see who you are at this point. 
Why? Because you don't fear the Lord. We just read it. They don't see how wicked they really are. Everything they say is crooked and deceitful. They refuse to act wisely or do good. Have you ever met someone where you go, this is sin? What you're doing is actually sinful and they argue that with you? You go, it's in the Bible how you're living is sinful, but they're so blind they don't even see it anymore. Well, what's the disconnect? They've lost fear of the Lord. That's what they have to go do. They have to go repent and learn to walk in fear of God again. Then their eyes, and there's many scriptures, I, I don't know if we'll get to it this morning, but there's, your eyes become open and your ears can hear when you start to fear God again. But when you're someone who lacks fear of the Lord, it's like a wall. You can't get through to that person. You can actually, we've had this, with, with, we've done this before, we've been in ministry for a long time now, where we've read, this is what the Bible says about what you're doing. Not us, the word. Well, but I just see it differently. Okay, wow. Okay, we've learned our lesson. I'm going, okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna waste my time with you anymore. You just, when you're ready to talk, we'll talk. But what's the disconnect? The fear of the Lord's left. The fellowshipping with Jesus is, is not what it was. We read the Bible differently. I love what Michael said at Jesus School this week. If you're reading the Bible and every verse you see, everything you read is not showing Jesus, but you're using that to attack somebody else, that's a problem. Everything you go, oh, yep, that's so-and-so, mm-hmm, writing their name right by that, yep, 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 yep. The Word is supposed to show us who we are. The Word is supposed to penetrate our hearts. It's supposed to be like an X-ray into our heart so we see, no, 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 this is me. Like, who am I to throw a stone at you when I have so many other issues in my own life? The word is supposed to expose the innermost being of our hearts. But if all you can think about is other people when you read the word, then that's a heart issue. Oh, and I've done it. I've actually told Michael, look, this passage is definitely about so-and-so. And he's like, why are you reading the word like that? We all do it. Come on. Don't act like I'm the only one. Don't you dare. We all do it. But it's true, it's true. He said that to me and I said, you're right. If I'm accusing as I'm reading God's holy word, I'm, I'm missing something. I have to bring it back to me. I want the Lord to talk to me about me. So when you lose fear of God, as we just read, you lose your vision and it blinds you to the ways of God. Lack of fear of God causes us to live a life of sin. Like I just talked about in a story, I won't say the minister's name because um, I don't know if he'd want me to share this story. He might be okay with it, but I need to ask permission. Maybe one day I will share his name. But I was talking with a minister that's been here before that is a great man of God. And we were talking in the back and he said, Jesse, you know why your dad is still standing? He goes, I've worked with many ministers. They've not recovered the way your dad has. I said, why? He goes, number one, his intimacy with Jesus. He fears, and he goes, and number two, he fears God. He goes, he fears God. After all these years, he's had many highs, many lows, but that man fears God. That is why all the other ministers that went through the hardships he went through, they're no longer serving God. They're not preaching the gospel anymore. Your daddy is still standing after all these years because he fears the Lord that has kept him, Jesse. And it stuck in my heart so deeply because I thought, that's, 
because I've actually asked myself this question, how come I've seen so many people rise and fall, I've seen so many people just do amazing things for the Lord, and then you don't hear about them five years, 10 years, 20 years later. How come you've been so merciful, Lord, to my family? And it's true, my dad was so quick to repent when he sinned. He was so quick to make things right. He was so quick to, 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 to look like a fool in the eyes of people to make things right with Jesus. That's how David was. David was so quick to go, Lord, I have sinned, and he sinned greatly. But what made David so special is he wanted to be, I've said this before, he wanted to be restored in the eyes of the Father, where Saul wanted to be restored in the eyes of the people. But a heart that fears the Lord, you don't care if you lose everything in ministry. All you want is Jesus, you don't leave me. The crowds may go, the masses may go, but Lord, don't leave me. And when you sin publicly, guess what? You have to fix it publicly. If you start something wrong, you have to go back and fix it. If we built wrong, we would shut it all down and start over again. Why? Because the fear of the Lord. I don't want to displease Jesus. I don't care what people think. I don't care if I lose fame, notoriety, whatever people now seem to want these days. I have to walk in fellowship with Jesus. I have to answer at the throne one day. Fear of the Lord will keep you so aware that this is not your ministry, this is Jesus's. That's the only thing that will keep you aware like this is not mine, this is not my own. We have nothing to do with this. God, it's yours. I fear you. You are too holy to try to touch what I didn't pay for. Quickly go to Psalm 66, 16, and I'm going to read 18 through 20. I'm fast, I know, but you, you want to do communion, so I'm trying to get through it. It says, come and listen, all you who fear the Lord, and I will tell you what he did for me. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, did you hear that? The heart, that's where all sin takes place first, the heart. The Lord would not have listened, but God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Praise God who did not ignore my prayer or withdraw his unfailing love from me. Do you see how it started? Come listen, all you who fear the Lord. If you don't fear the Lord, people are not gonna, they don't fear the Lord, I should say, they're not gonna come and listen. When you fear the Lord, you go, I wanna hear whatever it is he's saying. Correct me, God, grow me, Lord, convict me. I'm scared if I lose conviction. I like that I get convicted easily, and I do. I like that because I don't ever want to get to a place in life where I go, that doesn't convict me anymore. When I'm not walking in deep fellowship with Jesus, the things that used to convict me don't convict me as quickly as they used to. That's always to me like warning, warning. That bothered you a year ago. How come you're okay to watch that show right now? Something has shifted in your heart. And I say it's obviously intimacy with Jesus that's lacking, but fear of God is is starting to leave. If you lose fear of the Lord, you will not make it in this life. I can say that with full certainty. You will not make it if you lose fear of the Lord. 
I've talked to many ministers that have fallen in my lifetime, and I always ask them, what happened? What happened? You were, you were walking with God so faithfully, and, and then you fell into sin like this. Please help me understand what happened. They always, the answer is always the same. I lost fellowship with Jesus, and I lost fear of the Lord. I have never heard a different answer all my life because those two things will keep you going through all the trials of life. It's those things. Psalm 119 says, let me be united, I'm just gonna read it for sake of time, with all who fear you, with those who know your law. I'll say this unashamedly, don't walk with people that don't fear the Lord. There's danger in that. That doesn't mean they can't come back and repent. I'm not saying that. But I want to walk with people to fear, who fear the Lord. I'm realizing the deeper now we're walking with God, the older I'm getting, the more he's trusting me with. I'm not able to walk with everybody I used to walk with. And I'm fine with that. When I look for friends now, I look for people that fear the Lord. Behind the platform. Those are the people I want to fellowship with. Those are the people who are going where I want to go. If I see people that aren't fearing the Lord, I just don't want to walk with people like that anymore. The Bible says it. Let me be united with those who fear the Lord. That's why I told that story about our team earlier. I love that they fear God this way. It's beautiful. Down to the dollar, they fear the Lord. I've seen it. Down to the dollar, okay, this is beautiful. If we can keep walking like this, we'll have longevity in ministry. Go to Psalm 90. I'm going to close with this. I'll have to just do a part two. Psalm 90, 11 through 12. Joel, if you could help me out. It says, Who can comprehend the power of your anger? Your wrath is as awesome as the fear you deserve. Teach us to realize the brevity, that short nature of life, so that we may grow in wisdom. Just a couple things I want to say to that. The anger of God is beautiful. We've dialed that down. I get angry at my kids because I love them. That might sound crazy, I know. But if I didn't care, if I didn't discipline them, if I didn't talk to them when they messed up, that would mean I don't love them as a parent. I want what's best for them. So my anger means there's a connection there. Hear me. I know that this teaching has gotten off in an unhealthy way, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we have to be unhealthy with this, but what I'm trying to say is that the Lord's beautiful conviction his beautiful heart for us is him saying, I'm protecting who you are. I want that in my life. I need that in my life. I need that. Not only do I need that from the Lord, but guess what? I need that from people in my life. I don't want to, to walk with people and submit to people that just are cheerleaders. I want them to tell me where I missed it. I want to know. I love that sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night and the Holy Spirit will say, Jess, you missed it yesterday. You shouldn't have said what you said. You shouldn't have talked how you talked yesterday. 
Even as simple as if I'm in an argument with my husband, I'll just, I'll wake up and I'll go, the Lord will say, fix it. <laughs> he said, praise God. It goes both ways, babe. <laughs> but, and he does. We're both like that. We're, we're very, very, very aware of how quickly you can quench the presence of the Lord. How quickly you can quench a move of God. It's, it's, it's something you can't play around with. I don't want to displease the Lord. I don't want to break his heart because I love him. That's why. I don't want to live a life of sin. And, I, and I, we all fall short all the time. But the reason that I get up every day and go, I don't want to do this again. If I had a bad day yesterday or, or, or had a shortcoming, I don't want to do this today, Lord, because I'm so aware that you are everything. You are the air I breathe. You are the life in my veins, God, that I don't want to miss a moment with you, Jesus. I don't want to get in the way. I don't want pride or anger or a backbiting mouth. I don't want any of these things to get in the way of quenching you, Holy Spirit. That's how I live my life, and I'm not perfect. I am far, far from perfect, but I try my best to walk in fear of the Lord. I really, really, really do, and I can promise you, Michael can attest to this, when I miss it, I fix it. I fix it. If I miss it publicly, I will fix it publicly. Why? Because that's how trust is earned. If the Lord is going to trust me with his people, I need to live before his people with holy fear of God. Amen. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can like and subscribe to help us continue to reach people around the world with the gospel. Give today at jesusimage.tv forward slash give. You can also join us in person or online every Sunday at Jesus Image Church. For more information on Jesus Image, events, Jesus School, and resources, visit JesusImage.tv.